Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my co-host and fellow masochist Pittsburgh sports fan, Jim Stam. Jim, how are you doing, brother? Rough week, huh? Rough week. But this is Pittsburgh. We keep plugging away. We're tough. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. And also joining us today is, in my mind, the most genuine sports talk host in the city. Uh, you know him from 93.7 The Fan and KDK TV News Sports Desk and anywhere else he wants to tell you about, since he does all sorts of stuff. He is Josh Taylor. Josh, happy to have you back, sir. You helped us kick this whole thing off, after all. It's good to be back, man. You guys have done a great job. I've been kind of keeping a an eye from the background and just watching how you guys are growing and the fan interaction and everybody and how you guys are, are really just gaining steam on social media and everything. So it's been pretty cool to be, you know, in on the ground floor and kind of still keeping a, an interest as time goes along. I'm excited. That's right. I forgot. He was like the, he was first, our first guest. First, yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, on the, on wow. the, the official video show anyway. Yeah. We started the show before that, but the first video show, Josh Taylor. Yep. Well, unfortunately, I shaved that day. I didn't shave today. So sorry. <laughs> you you also had a brand spanking new newborn at the time, so like I did, and he's now soon to be fourteen months and probably the size of your average two year old. So I got a I got a little giant here. It's on a my good hands, start. So. Good start. Yeah. So he's doing fantastic. He just started walking and everything. So he's he's mobile. Good luck. Uh, I remember those days well. Yeah. So boys, we have a ton to talk about today, and. I'd like to get us started by talking about the Pirates pitching. Now, stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> not going to go chapter and verse over this roster. You know, today, I want to spend some time discussing how this system works. And ultimately, do we like it? What are some repercussions that come with it? I mean, Jim, we've seen a ton of weird moves with the starting rotation. Openers, piggybacking, short leashes, long leashes. So my first question is, does this even resemble a system to you? Uh, man, that's a, I tell you what, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't know, Gary. I, I, I look at it like we, we see them try things and then we're seeing them try something a little different and then it morphs into something a little different. And I don't want to say the word desperation because I just don't believe on May 19th that it's desperation, but it certainly seems like um, they're willing to try anything at this point. And um, right. Shocker mixed results. I mean, like Josh, I want to be kind and say they're trying to be like the Rays. But this ain't the Rays. I've watched the Rays. That's not how the Rays do it. You I've know? seen Tampa Bay and you are no Tampa Bay. Exactly, so exactly. So what do you call this? It, I kind of get what they're trying to do, but this ain't a system. It, it's hard to put one label on it. It's hard to just say, hey, they're just doing piggybacking or they're just using an opener. 
I feel like it's a kind of mis- mix- mismatch of a bunch of different things. I feel like it's what a little bit of what Tampa's doing, a little bit of what some other teams are doing. And, and I had this discussion with Alex Stump on the podcast to be named later. It has a college baseball feel to it. And I think yeah. a lot of people, when you mention Good that, point. a lot of Pirates fans don't watch college baseball. So you mentioned that and it sounds like clicking noises to them. But I, I try to explain this as often as I can. On the weekends is when you're going to see more of the traditional pitching. You're going to see your best pitcher on Friday night, your second best guy on Saturday. And if you have a number three guy you really trust, you might see him Sunday or maybe a combination of two guys that you think he give you a few innings apiece. That's what really the college structure is built like. But they still play games during the week because their conference games are on the weekend. So they're going to put their best foot forward on the weekends. Meanwhile, during the week, you're probably going to see freshmen start against some non-conference games, probably some you know lower level, lower division opponents. You're going to see a couple guys maybe go an inning or two and then piggyback. It starts to vary in the middle of the week, depending on program to program. That's what this feels like to me. It feels like one day, like when Quintana starts, it feels like a Friday night start with your number one guy going as long as he can. Then you maybe you get to the, your number two guy. He maybe doesn't go as long. And then you get to three, four, five. You got a whole different assortment mix of things going in here. That's how it feels to me. So I don't, I'm not one of those people that's going to react so harshly to it. Right. Because if you've seen baseball on different levels, you know what different levels and different teams have tried to do. So that whole pot mixed together is interesting. I mean, Jim, when I look at it, I guess my question that comes out of what Josh just said is, why are Quintana and Anderson different? Is it experience? And if it is experience that allows them to actually get a little bit deeper into games, how exactly do the Pirates plan on getting any of their own cultivated players to learn how to do that if they never let them? Because look up and down the system. They're doing this noise everywhere. They, they, they seem to be um, experimenting throughout all the different levels. And... You know, what that tells me is that you might not have enough confidence in what you've got organizationally, depth-wise. And, you know, that worries me. I think if you felt you had the right guys in the right places and the development was there and things were on schedule like you needed to be on that side of things, I don't think you'd see all this. I think it's a it's just a worrisome sign to me. Like, I'm not freaking out over it. Yeah. Um, I know that this has been a volatile week on social media for the pirates and you know they 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 tend to um uh stress us out a little bit and but i i that's what i'm worried about is that it just seems to me it speaks to that they know they don't have enough right now and they're trying to make up for it i'm pretty sure that everybody and their mother knows they don't have enough josh but I don't think it's been any secret all along. They're going to eventually have to augment this. No, so it's definitely not a if, secret. When they it's do, definitely. though, is that are they going to bring in guys and then treat them the same way? Or are they going to bring in guys and allow them to pitch like Tyler Anderson and Quintana? I'd, I'd like to think it's going to be more of the latter because here's the problem, and this is what people aren't going to want to hear. The guys you want to see go deeper into games in the system, they're not here. They may not even be in Indianapolis. There are probably some of them in Altoona and some of them in Greensboro, especially that group in Greensboro last year. Those guys were all really, really good, and you're hoping to see Quinn Priester start to get the ball rolling here at some point. Those are the guys that you're going to expect to see go deep in games when time goes along. But the problem is they're not here yet. And we know if nothing else, we know this fan base is not interested 
in being patient for anything to the, happen. I was just going to say the P word was coming. I knew yeah. it. Patience is not one of the virtues inside this area code. We all know this very well. Now, granted, and that's warranted. It's perfectly fair to understand that, hey, they're kind of sick of seeing all these different things happen. But right. the truth of the matter is when you're an organization that does not have what you need right now, you got to go with what you've got in the interim. And I'm going to borrow Mike Tomlinism here on the pirate show, but here's what we're going to do. He, Mike Tomlin always says, if you got red paint, you paint your barn red. That's what this means. This yeah. means you got to go with what you got and make the best of it. I now, get that. But then I see somebody it. like Michael Burrows right. excelling it, it, in AA, not giving the opportunity to, sh- to pitch later into games. Now, it, that I agree with that. speaks to the opposite now, of what you're saying to me. It does. And there's reasons behind a couple of those guys, too, because you hear people talk about why, why is it Contreras going longer? Well, Contreras is also coming off of an injury. They're trying to ramp him up. He's a separate situation. Some other guys, I think it's trial and error. I think it's, hey, let's see how much we can trust this guy with. And if the results show, then let's give him a little bit more. Let's give him a little bit more. It may be a trust issue with some of these guys who aren't the top pitching prospects in the system, which is going to seem unfair. And it probably is to some of these guys that might have earned a little bit more rope. But at the same time, I think they're trying to keep their minds open as to, hey, not only on a, a, a player by player basis, but this might come a situation where, hey, let's see if we get to a bunch of situations here. We have a lot of arm injuries during the course of a season. We got guys in the majors. We might have to adjust to things. And I'm going to remind people of this. There was a series last year where the Dodgers started three straight games with an opener against the Pirates. That's right. The Dodgers did this. I the the that. more money yeah. than God Dodgers started three straight games against the Pirates with openers. And we all know who runs baseball. That's a good aspect for us to get into. That's a good aspect for us to get into when we come back from a break. Because I think we're going to have to talk about pitching in Major League Baseball and how it's changing. And maybe a little bit of why. As far as the Pirates go and their development system, though, when you're on a railroad track, it's real nice to make sure that you see there's more track in front of you. And I'm getting a little frustrated seeing more of the same going on in the minor league system that's happening at the major league level, pretending that someday it's going to change once the talent gets here. You want to train them to be what you want them to be, not what you have right now. So I do hope that they kind of come around and start working on that a little bit. Let's take a quick break. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And we're going to pick up our conversation right where we left off because it was just getting juicy. And I had to cut it off to pay the bills, as we always do. It frustrates Jim to no end. It gets him in a mood. He yells at me the whole break. So I figured... Josh, I almost walked off, man. I just get irate. (laughs) So I figured, Josh, let's start start with, with the legit question, I think, that... I'm still waiting for somebody to competently answer who's more qualified than you. Oh God. What, what exactly, on me. what exactly is the opener or piggyback achieving? I think I understand what it's supposed it's, to achieve. I'm not sure I'm seeing it. I don't know if it's supposed to achieve what we expected it to. I think that's the, the place to start. And I say this all the time. You can have a goal. But that doesn't mean you're going to necessarily achieve it. And I feel like the goal that they probably had, 
I don't know if they're going to meet it in every situation just because I don't know if they have enough guys that fit what they're trying to do. I think that's part of the problem. So when you, you look at different instances where they're trying to start with an opener and you can't trust the guy that's the opener, that becomes a problem and it really right. blows the whole thing up. Or let's say the opener does his job well, but the guy that piggybacks off the opener, he can't go three to four innings and get the bridge to your bullpen. So it still messes everything up. Right. And I think that's part of the problem. I don't think the issue is with the intention or the goal. I think the issue is with the execution and the execution probably lags because of the available arms they have to try to execute and fail. I mean, Jim, let's take this week as an example. We watched a game where Will Crow was the opener, yeah. right? And, and Mitch Keller's coming in. And okay, well, Will Crow has at points this season given you three, four innings before. So you use him as an opener. You burn him quick. He gives you two innings. You bring in Mitch Keller. He gives you 2.2. <laughs> you bring that, you know, and then you bring in Dwayne Underwood, who does two point one, which is more than the opener, which kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But then David Bednar comes in and gets a six out save. I'm very confused <laughs> by the whole thing. I'm glad it netted a three two win. I would never turn that down. Uh, I'm just as happy about that as the no hit victory. My point is. What did we achieve here? All you've done really is robbed the potential innings that Will Crow could have given you. I think um, this specific instance that we just watched um, and them using those four pitchers, um, it's it's super layered because, you know, I, I'm old school a little bit when it comes to baseball. And, like, you know, they finally got Will Crow in a position where he was just dominating. and comfortable comfortable let's i mean what a gift to finally get him in that position yeah. and then you 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 yank him out of that you put him back to starting you give him only two innings and then you go to mitch keller who i mean is this now you say are you now saying that mitch keller is this is the next step in his uh development which is long relief but then you only give him two and two thirds on 55 pitches and the minute, the minute he gets in any kind of trouble, he was done. And then, then they, they won bring... the game again. So like, you right, can't right. say, you can't say, boy, that was stupid to take him out. I guess my point though, Jim is. I don't know, Gary, <laughs> you know, and then they bring in. What ben are you teaching? Or... What are you teaching him... Mitch Keller? What's he learning in that situation? That's, that's just it. I, I don't understand that. And then you pitch Bednar two innings and, uh, to, get the, to get the final six out, and great, we did it. It felt like we were trying to win game five of a playoff series to me. Very much and, so. You know, I, I, I just – what is it – I think it's being unfair to a lot of guys. And I know baseball players, they like some routine, and they like to know um, – what's going to be asked to them. And I don't know how you could know right now from one pitch to the next one out to the next, if you're on the mound, if you're going to stay in the game or if you're going to come out. I mean, we're a far cry from talking about pulling Blake Snell out in the world series here, but, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, in what world is, is Mitch Keller going to be better starting in the third inning than he is in the first. That makes zero sense to me whatsoever. And if you want to give me some voodoo, description of the first inning being different just like the ninth inning is so you have to have a designated closer and all that jazz i don't want to hear all that noise either 
This, this area, to me is just like, a silly extra step they're going through here to try to, I don't even know what the, the goal they would accomplish would be. Gary, I feel like Mitch Keller is probably the one guy that if you're trying to find a particular place where he makes sense in this whole scheme, he feels like the man without a country to me right now. And, and largely because, and, and Jim, I think you guys pointed this out, he got his opportunity and the moment he got into trouble, they're like, okay, let's get you out of this and sit you over here. Because I feel like they always are going to get to that point where he's either going to sink or swim. And I think he's sank way too many times recently when they've needed him, not expected him or expected him to develop into swimming, but they've needed him to swim and he just hasn't. And that's a right. problem. We bring up two innings, two plus innings, 55 pitches, a lot of pitches for two innings, right. a lot of pitches for two innings plus. So when you start to get to that point and let's not kid ourselves after about 50 plus is when Mitch Keller starts to have issues. So I understand from the number side of it, why they would do such a thing. And I don't know if he's supposed to really learn anything from it. I think it's one of those things. It's like, hey, look, get him a couple innings, build his confidence up, and take him out while he still has a positive impact on this game. I don't even know it's about learning as much as it is about building confidence at this point. And he's had those issues for quite some time now, just trying to get his confidence built up because it's taken hits. That makes total sense what you said about the 50 pitches there with Mitch. I didn't even think about that, so thank you very much. Let's, Let's talk about another option though let's say uh the the bryce wilson the other day yeah okay they had a terrible opener peters he's been great this year i'm not i'm not crapping on dylan peters again though we're flip-flopping his role he's been doing really really well in that long relief or piggyback whatever the hell you want to call it role that he's had and i've really thought he's put some strong effort in they move him to start Okay, he gets bombed. Hey, it happens. We've seen right. it. It's the first time he's really gotten hit this year. He did have that other inning where he walked everybody. But, okay. For the most part. Okay. He's been fantastic. So, Agreed. in what world, again, we're talking about this is supposed to have some kind of benefit on these starters or supposed starters or people that could start. In what world is it good to bring Bryce Wilson, who's been struggling like hell, and with the bases loaded in the first inning, what good does oh, that do anybody? There's no Marvel universe where this makes sense. None. And this is this is another example of a guy who probably should be doing something different, but he's not performing to that level. Bryce Wilson should be a guy that they should give the ball and trust to go five or six innings like Quintana. He should be one of those guys in that group because when they brought him in, he was 24 years old. He had experience as a starter. He even had postseason experience. He's going to get a World Series ring this year. Right. He's a guy who took the mound for Atlanta and and shut the Dodgers down in the postseason one year. So he should not have to be in this position. But the truth of the matter is, like Mitch Keller, he's not doing what he's expected to do. So now you got to find a place where he can get in where he fits in. And I don't know if they found one yet. And that's frustrating for a guy who should be – he shouldn't be a Quintana like veteran leader of this yeah, group, right. but he should be a bell cow that you trust to get five, six innings a night. And he's not right. The, now. It's it's one of those things where you look at you look at Quintana the way he's pitched, and you know um, he's made me eat my words a little bit. Quite honest, I didn't know if if he could help if he was healthy enough to do this anymore. Um, but yeah, like Jordan Lyles, is, y'all. Is, Jordan is, Lyles. Yeah, but is it is it that unreasonable to be expecting Quintana Keller? And a Bryce Wilson to be able to go out and give you four or five innings. We, it shouldn't we, be can't, we can't cobble that together here in Pittsburgh. I, I have a bed can give you two. 
yeah. at this point, I'm like, hey, anybody want to see if David Bednar can go six? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to mess that guy up. He's the one thing that's working the way. He's I, supposed but to. I'm just saying, like, for real, like, can we just like maybe take a guy who's doing well and stretch him out instead of well, the opposite? Hey, let's let, let let me talk about David Bednar real quick. I don't know that it's great that they're giving him two plus innings or two innings of work no. in a May game against the Cubs. I'm glad they won it. He's dominant. Do I do I see that as anything that is helpful long term? No, um, see, I don't. I kind of see. I kind of think it does. Really? And, and the worst part about it is, it, it you can't appreciate it the way you're supposed to. Because it's not beneficial for right now. I think you're right. Doing it in May in a season where you're not expected to go far, it's not going to help you a lot now. But let's say a year or two down the road, let's say it's 2024 and this team is in contention and you get to a point where you do have a starter that you trust to get you six innings. And let's say your bullpen gets you maybe an inning and a third or an inning and two thirds and you need David Bednar for a five out save. He's now done it before, and you trust him to do it. Do I hope that they do this with him the next couple years? No, but I, I like the fact that they're trying to put him in that position okay, now when it's attainable because that's a good if, if they try it the rest of the season, I'll be really disappointed. But the fact that they're trying it now to see if it's possible, I don't mind that. But I'm like you. If you're doing it in May, fine. I don't want to see it in May, June, July, August because yeah. by September, this kid's in that's, trouble, and I'm, I'm worried about it. For what it's worth, this is the fourth time. See that? Okay, so now that, you're starting yeah. to walk the line, and this that comes back to a larger me. point, though. The it worries time me too. for a six-out save, too. He's done five yeah. multiple times as well. Now, this is where that worries me because you get to the point where you're walking a really thin line with this pitching staff. Because I see there's opportunities where they say, "You know what? We can get a win. Let's chase the win, and that's fine." But then there's other times when they might be able to chase the win, and you wonder what the, the mindset is behind it. It might be who's available. It might be based on who they're playing. It might be based on if there's a getaway game or if there's an off day the next day. Maybe that's the the sliding scale as to why it changes. But I am worried about how they're making these decisions as far as, okay, let's be aggressive here and let's back like off here. I think that could be a, lot to a mixed do. message. I like to think it's got a lot to do with not trusting Stratton right now. That's part of it probably and also. I, I think last night – or the other night, I think you, you may have seen a little bit of an audition for Underwood um, to kind of take we, over a little bit more of that back of the of the uh, bullpen role. Well, he looked really good. So, um, you know, and I tweeted out, Fair. hey, maybe. I'm not saying it's going to be a success story. No. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen because I don't see another guy back there. Well, may- they tried Chase DeYoung the other night. Well, maybe, maybe we can just say this, at least agree on this aspect of it with Bednar. Okay, great. They've tried it. It worked. He's capable of it. Let's not right. see it a whole heck of a lot anymore. Yeah, I, right. I, I don't know that I need to see that anymore. So, I think they're hoping to not have to do it that much anymore if things work out the way they're supposed to. I think there's another part of it. Let's, they let's they need the every script. other part of this machine to work for all of it to come together. Let's flip the script here a little bit. and Let's talk about what this pitching methodology here, what it does to fans, what fans are to think, really. This changes the baseball game, the way that this is. I mean, you used to go to a ball game when I was younger, and you'd be thinking about that matchup. Every night, a no-hitter was a possibility. A perfect game was something that could happen just about any night. I don't see that anymore. I don't feel that anymore. I don't even think about it most of the time. And it's not just because I'm a Pirates fan. I'm a baseball fan. I watch a lot of baseball. I don't have the same kind of thoughts. I don't think about wins and losses anymore for pitchers. 
I wonder changed. if you think about just from the league perspective, how do you ever have a $300 billion pitcher again? If this is the way the league is going, and it very much is the way the league is trending, as Josh already brought up earlier, LA did this to the Pirates three, three times last year. This happens. Everybody's starting to do it here and there. I wonder if long-term you're not going to see that big money starter anymore. I have a couple different theories on this. And one of it is very, very tinfoil and one people probably might get used to. And then there's one that people probably don't want to hear. The more tinfoil one is that this is probably an easier way to keep guys cost controlled. And you don't want to hear that tossed around because that just, that, that brings out some of the conspiracy theorists about owners being cheap and wanting to save money. Spoiler alert. It's not wrong. They do want to save money every chance they can because that's what rich business owners do. Yeah, but when you Although can no one wants by, to hear that. When you can back it by analytics, it's really, really difficult to, to argue right. that it's not in the best interest of the player's health too, isn't it? it that's also true. Now, on, this, on the topic of having the $300 million pitcher, I've gotten to this discussion probably at least a dozen times a season in the last four or five years because I keep hearing, oh, this guy's the ace. This guy's the ace. And I'm sitting there going, wait, 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 wait. There's like 10 aces in all of baseball now. There are maybe 10 guys that I expect to take the ball inning one and have a shot to be there inning nine. Max Scherzer's one of them, and he's on the IL right now. Jacob DeGrom is one of them, and he's on the IL right now. There's only a handful of guys. Shohei Otani might be one of those guys. There aren't many pitchers I expect to take the ball out on the, or pick up the ball off the mound and warm up for inning one and say, this guy can shut X team down for eight to nine innings and possibly hold them down. It, that guy... Yeah. They're just few and far between now. And I don't know if it's the league. I don't know if it's player development. I don't know if it's just how players are evolving. It just seems like it's something that's so rare. And it possibly could be because of the hitters approach too. We see hitters see so much more pace, be so much more patient. They're taking pitches. They're trying to wear pitchers out. Remember Moneyball was written 20 years ago. So this revolution is not a new thing anymore. This is something that continues to evolve, and now we're seeing the long-term effects on how it affects it, pitchers too. Well, they're yeah, clearly it, brainwashing um, fans as well. I mean, if you want, if you look at Twitter at all, when when Green the other yeah. day was going 118 pitches against the Pirates in that in his no hit bit, Jim, it was the sixth inning. People started complaining about they're they're going to kill this kid. They're they're destroying this kid. <laughs> Nolan Ryan's probably sitting at home like, what are you talking about? The kid ain't even warmed up yet. I can't like to Nolan Ryan, a pitcher like like Hunter Green is like a Toyota that hasn't even gotten ten thousand uh, miles on it yet. In fairness, they don't make him like a Nolan Ryan anymore. No, no. but Jim, I mean, not since Nolan Ryan. Fans are obviously buying in on on the pitch count thing, and they're and they're they're starting to be very protective of them, as we know they can be about prospects. What do you think? I I, I don't think it's even premature to say that. Um, the rock star pitcher is dead almost in uh, I'm with you. in Major League Baseball. I I, I think um, yeah, the Max Scherzers of the world and the Degroms and the Trevor Bowers, who's you know look what hey he's he's got bigger problems than being injured like the other two, but um, yeah, I mean. They're like Tom Cruise, you know. There's very few, uh, very very few big time movie stars left, right? And wow. it, we're we're it's dying off, and I don't think it's going to change. And when you start being able to do things under the guise of 
um, well, this is better for the players and what, well, yeah. boy, you can, you can really sell that. And Hey, I'll be the first to admit, I was watching that game the other day. I think like we all were because of how freakish the game was going with green on the mound and right, what, yeah. what the pirates were doing. I was a little nervous for the kid. I mean, it was the sixth, seventh inning. He was starting to get up near 120 pitches. Um, I can see. A, so I get it on some level. I think it's a shame for the game because we, we all grew up in an era where, man, getting to see Pedro Martinez or Randy Johnson or even well, the Greg Maddoxes of the world, boy, that was awesome. I mean, here's another way to look at it. And, Josh, I'll, I'll toss this at you. Let's, okay. let's say Michael Burroughs comes up here. And I think Michael Burroughs has all the tools to be a really good starting pitcher. Comes up here, he's just everything you'd want in a starter. I mean, he, he does everything the team wants him to do. He rarely sees the sixth or seventh because of the way the team does things. He's here for 10 years in Pittsburgh. You know, he never has more than 10 wins. I mean, like you, you kind of like... You can't even like put Randy Tomlin below him on the, on the win list, you know, for, for Pittsburgh sports. And how does he compete with history? I believe Randy Tomlin was an all-star for one year. I could be wrong, but Major, I think he made an all-star. He might be onto something. But Major League Baseball is, is a – check that. Major League Baseball is a league that relies on its history to sell its product. The history, you pull the, the modern-day game into it. And when the stats stop aligning, because you take away the emphasis on wins and losses, which used to be a prerequisite for becoming a Hall of Famer. I remember Jack Morris, the only reason he was in is because he got the 300 number. Right? How, so how do you compare? But, how is he ever the GOAT, if you will? Let me answer your question with a question. Should MLB continue to lean on history to sell its product when history isn't the thing that probably sells its product right now? Is that the player's fault or is that MLB having a lack of vision and being short-sighted? I don't know. That's the players and the manager's fault. I think that falls on MLB. And one of the gripes I have is that MLB has this thing. They'll have these TV promos with big swings and home runs and bat flips and fans going crazy and guys celebrating and they'll say, oh, make it major. But if that happens in a certain game when a certain guy's pitching against a certain team at a certain point, if the score's a certain way, all of a sudden the rule's been broken and everybody's upset. So there's a dichotomy there with MLB and their marketing that doesn't make sense to me. That's part of a different part of the discussion. But as far as pitchers are concerned and how all this goes, I've been one of those people that feels like the emphasis on wins has really, really messed up the way we approach the game. The team win is the important thing. Right. The player win comes secondary. Now, here's the problem. Because we, how many pitchers have we seen, guys, go the distance, go seven and a third, eight innings, maybe even go full nine, and not get the win because their team can't score? There's times when the pitcher does his job and still doesn't get the win. So if we're trying to use that as some kind of measuring stick as to what should be happening, then I got to start putting the focus back on the other aspects because – a pitcher might end up losing a game because a guy behind him didn't field the ball properly. Or the team had guys with runners in scoring position, guys with second and third with no out and didn't cash in. I mean, say no, more, not the say no more than Hunter Green got the L the other day. It, yeah. Exactly. Hunter yeah. Green's a perfect example. And we can go back even further. We can go Harvey Haddix if you're an old school Pittsburgh fan. You know the story behind that. And it's like, yeah. well, how often do you blame the player? Or how often do you blame the circumstance? And that's really one of those things where – if you're trying to put everything in the same lens 
it's not going to look the same. You got to adjust it every once in a while because it might look blurry here, but it might look clear on another day. And I, I feel like I feel the same way about wins, the same way I do about saves. If you're trying to make decisions to help a, a player's win the loss mark or a player save mark, you're going to end up screwing other guys that are trying to help you win games. That's, that's really the way I point. feel about it. Sure. And, and that's the way, and that's the way a lot of front offices are going right now. This isn't just a, a players and managers thing. Front offices are seeing that, Hey, maybe we're doing this a little bit differently because we don't want to jeopardize the opportunity to get the win for the team win column, as opposed to risking putting a guy in, a, in an individual guy's column and then losing it. That's a very, think, very good point. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, all I was going to add on to that is I think uh, baseball, I think baseball knows what it wants to be right now on the field or off the field through the ad. I mean, what in one one commercial, they're walking out of the cornfields in Iowa. And then the next one is bat flips and uh, pit bull. So Jim, I've been saying pick a side for years now. (laughs) I've been saying figure out what you want and go. But it's it's coming to a head. So, um, yeah, you know, right now things are really in flux. We're, we're seeing it here in Pittsburgh more than anything. Of course, here it's out of more, um, you know, necessity. But, um, right. yeah, it would be interesting to see where it goes, that's for sure. And I'll tell you what, all this pitching talk has me thinking about Roberto Perez. We should probably make sure we mention that uh, we, we know he's officially having surgery. He's out for the yeah. season. Big and, loss. You know, it just so happens we have uh, a call your shot today that's kind of going to bring this to the surface. So we should probably go ahead and get to that real quick, Jim. Yeah, I think maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. And, you know, I don't feel uh, awkward at all about saying she's a really, really cute call your shot person. So I think you might like her, Jim. Hey, Jim and Gary. With Henry Davis recently getting called up to Altoona and the current catching situation for the Pirates, when do you expect that we might see him in the majors? So, Jim, are you impressed? Well, I will certainly say that that is 100% unequivocally my better half. So I better just get that out there before we even touch on the subject. Smart man. But it is true. Um, so let's just say that first. But uh, listen, um, she came up with that question on her own. She, uh, I, I torture her with pirates all the time. So um, I'm proud of her. And, you know, it's, it's a good question because – Pirates aren't committed to anything past this year at catcher, Um, you know, so I, I, this is where I I will put it, you know, he's hurt right now. Nothing serious from what they're saying. We'll, we'll see. He's got a little hand thing going on. Yeah. I remember someone else that had a little tweak to their wrist too last year. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say everything's on the up and up and, and whatnot. I think if he finishes out the year strong, I think you're going to see him be given a legitimate chance out of spring to see what he's made of and see if he can make that push for the roster. I, I, I think that, um, that that's not getting too far ahead of ourselves. That, that's mean, how impressed I am with him, by the way. I'll start with I'm equally impressed by him. Um, I'll expect Super 2 shenanigans next year. And mm. middle of the year um, – is a possibility. I still see them needing a bridge catcher in 2023. I wouldn't be opposed to it being Roberto Perez if they went to his hospital bed and offered him a cheap contract. <laughs> he might just take it, wondering if he's ever going to walk again. What do you think, Josh? 
Oh, if Roberto Perez, Jake Taylor did for next year, that would be fun to watch. <laughs> and for the absolute wrong reasons. No, I'm kidding. Um, I had this conversation with Alex Stumpf literally a few days ago on my show when I actually still had a voice before it disappeared. But um, we had this discussion about Henry Davis and what he had been doing in Greensboro. He gets called up to Altoona and the quick impression that he made in Altoona after being there for just a few days. It's clear that the organization likes everything that this guy does, not only from the physical aspect, but the mental aspect of catching in the preparation side. I yeah. think they love everything that he does. I think they love his approach to the game, both offensively and defensively. I think they see this guy as a cornerstone of this franchise for the next decade plus, and nothing's going to change my mind, assuming he stays healthy and keeps playing. With all that said, Alex and I are on the same page of we expected him in Indy by the end of the year. We expected him at some point to start the season, probably next start 2023 in Indy. Gary, I would think midseason before the injury. I think now it comes down to not if in 2023, but when in 2023. Will it be midseason? Will right. it be all-star break? I think it's going to happen. It's just how much will this injury affect him? Will there be any more setbacks along the way? And if there are, does it mess that scale up, that sliding scale? But I do think it happens in 2023. It's just a matter of which month. Right. I mean, and we we should also probably say we're basing this on a couple games in Altoona, but he has True. he has looked that dominant. And from you know, I've talked to Alex quite a bit too. You know, since we're going to name drop Josh, but, <laughs> I figured we keep it in house. You know, that was an easy way to go. But figure no, out, you know, put the other guy over. But Alex, you know, he he told us even a couple weeks ago, and we had him on. Um, you know, if you want to talk about somebody that kind of commands that respect when they walk in the room. It's Henry Davis. Everyone stops when he's at bat. Everyone looks when he's hitting. Everyone listens when he talks. It's it's something this team desperately needs. They don't have vocal leadership. And I, I'm not opposed to a kid coming up here and taking that because well, uh, Brian Reynolds isn't going to do it. And it, Ryan Hayes isn't going to do it. No, like, and that's the thing we talk in, you know, this sounds cliche, but I'm, I actually do believe in this to an extent is sometimes is some guys just have it and he has some it to him. Yes. And um, I think uh, that's the only reason I say everything's on the table for next year, you know, like um, and granted, you know, super two and the, the manipulation of time that yes, it is a factor, but I can just see a guy like that um, really forcing their hand because he's just absolutely ready and like Josh said, is the cornerstone. So we'll Wait, see. if you thought Rosati was mad about Cruz, wait until next year when they do it with Davis. <laughs> oh, it's going to be incredible because he's going to have the whole Louisville collection too there where he's just going insane. I, I can hardly wait. Yes. Speaking of Twitter, we should take a quick break and come back and have fun hammering some, some funny twi- Ooh, tweets that yes. Jim has selected this week. We haven't done this bit in a minute, and it just <laughs> felt appropriate. So let's go ahead and take a quick one. Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It's time to play a little game we haven't played in quite some time called, I don't know what it's called, Jim. We, we just pick on bad tweets. And so we, I, I don't think we have a logo for it or anything. I, 
Maybe he's we been should. Really busy. Eddie's been busy. Pick we up bad tweets. Sound good. I mean, we do. We good. do have Andrew now, so I guess you know. So Jim, I'm gonna let you take it away because th- this was your homework project from last week. So have at it, man. Yeah, you know, um, we haven't done this in a while. It's always fun, at least for us. It is. I don't know about anybody else, <laughs> but um, you know, I like to uh, hold people accountable on twitter maybe roast them a little bit hey this is all public record um you know that's how the jaggies got started and yeah if you put it up you should you should be able to accept whatever comes from it sure so consequences um, yeah so uh i've got a few so let's just go ahead and start and let's just do so this is just a basic tweet about the state of the game and we'll get it started (laughs) i did so i said listen this just a few days ago. So there's just so little action in these baseball games anymore. A few singles, maybe a couple homers, and a whole lot of strikeouts. Major League Baseball doesn't have a length of games problem. It has a games are boring as SH problem. Now, I don't think I'm being that crazy there. What do you guys think about this answer from Jack? Get back to your gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks you're you're an MLB the Show fanatic, and and I'm and I'm apparently 18 years old, and I've got a uh, I'm playing Halo <laughs> during during baseball games. I mean, did, was there anything that outrageous there? Like, can we can we not all acknowledge that the pace of baseball and the action in the game is way down? I don't. It is way down, and it's it's by design by some people. There's a reason why. You look at any bullpen on any given day, you could probably find a couple guys that could touch 100 on the, the radar gun. Maybe not as many on the Pirates pitching staff. But there's a reason why teams are loading up with these guys because they're trying to limit contact as much as possible. Because let's look at it on one side of it. On the pitching side, they're trying to limit the contact as much as possible. And on the hitting side of it, they're trying to hit the ball as far as possible. It, it is all about two extremes at this point. Either hitting the ball far or getting on base by hooker by crook. That's pretty much it. So if you're looking at one, one extreme or another – you're going to get it some days. You're going to get the other extreme some days, and some days it's going to be right down the middle. But that's what we're talking about here. That's how the game has evolved. And, and, and for the record, to the gaming comment, there's a lot of a lot of gray hair on this podcast right now. So <laughs> I don't know where that's going because I got a bunch of it up here. That's all I'm saying. They've messed with the ball so much that you're not even getting the long Every ball. Every year. But you're not Every even year getting the ball. Long gets ball now. You did a couple like, years ago. It's there's no running anymore. I didn't go on some analytics-driven, uh, you know, rant. <laughs> Just some yeah. basic stuff. So, yeah, that got me fired up. Um, so here's another one. This is from uh, Daquito Bazzini. Wow. I've recently, He's... I've recently been done with that guy. Okay. Well, we're gonna. <laughs> not yet. You're not. Uh, this is what he says. Maybe Bob Nutting can put together a few more of his self-built fan forums to tell us how great the pirates are going to be in the fairly near future. Then they can gruffly tell all remaining fans how foolish and stupid uh, parentheses derp. They are big idiots. I should preface this with derp is my response to anyone that has a really dumb comment that I don't feel like dealing with. I literally just say derp. It's all over Facebook. I do it constantly. Because it's much easier than just saying, like, are you really not tired of beating this drum yet? Do you really think I care? Derp just fits it. 
So I do it all the time. I derped this guy. He got real salty. <laughs> and and that's all there is to it. Um, so I should say that's why the show is being attacked. Um, I could care less. <laughs> the guy, I got to ask, ask this question. Every time when someone just resorted to, oh, Bob Nutting, I got to ask the same question. Do you watch baseball or do you watch the Pirates? Because if you watch just the Pirates, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you're clearly not paying attention to the global aspect of it. But if you watch baseball, my question to you is, are you new? Did you just get here? <laughs> you do know how? Do we know how many owners are selling the same thing to their fans? Do you not see what's happening in Cincinnati? Yes. Do you not see what's happening in Oakland? Did we not see what was happening in some of the other places? There was a time... Believe it or not, there was a time when people were getting sick of what was happening in Cleveland. There was a time when people were getting sick of what was happening in Houston. There was a time people were getting tired of it. There was a time when people were getting sick of what was happening down in Miami. It happens in a lot of places across Major League Baseball. Right. If people are assuming that Bob Nutting is just some unicorn, look around. It's all yeah. over the and place. It's, it's just even, a different guy's turn every it's year. It's not even just cheap ownership, Jim. It's right. Some people like... I'm a, I'm a firm believer that there's about three teams worth of championship caliber players out there. That's like, fair. I think you could have two super teams and one that kind of hangs in there, which is really kind of what we're looking at, right? I mean, if the Mets had their full pitching staff, it would be the Mets and the and the Dodgers, and you and know, probably the Yankees, the Yankees, or or yeah, somebody, or, yeah. So, and I think the Angels are the ones that are kind of like teetering. Yeah, the, if Angels, the Angels had the, another piece or two; they'd be up there. The Angels are the ones that get all the real good-looking, sexy hot rods, and then forget <laughs> to buy gas, right? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so, I mean, Jim, do you have any comments for our friend, uh, Mister uh, Asshat? No, I, you I'm know, not going to try just, to pronounce his name. I just love the idea that somehow Bob Nutting. Uh, has the time or the inclination to somehow start influencing the social media. Is there a person that cares less about it than, than Bob? Oh, Clearly. Care. I mean, based care. on, you know, so anyways, so, you know, this, this, this week was a real test for pirate fans because we've seen a lot, right? We've seen some bad, we've seen some real bad, but I think if you pay attention to the right people, you know there's going to be some bad. There's going to be some real yeah. bad. You just got to listen to the right people and know where to look. Well, there's a couple people that um, call them uh, purveyors of pirate propaganda, if you will. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And uh, uh, they're well-known on social media. And uh, two of them just happened to have enough of the pirates within an hour and a half of the of their of each other on may 17th during the pirates uh meltdown versus the cubs and oh, our buddy fast. yes uh one of our buddies rum bunter decides embarrassing team <laughs> organization handling of players prospects embarrassing yeah. okay and i'll just it. tell you i'll just, I'll just tell you the other one uh cody duncan boy you better give him credit if he tweets something because um so i'm giving him credit i'm giving him <laughs> credit for the tweet right here yes this team is a clown show 
Well, I'll tell you who the real clowns are. It's the guys that pump smoke up everyone's rear ends and then just arbitrarily decide on one night when they've seen enough that it's somehow different than everything that they've been pumping on social media for how long. And, um, you know, so uh, it it just goes to show how uh, flimsy certain people can be and uh, and knee jerk. It's all and, a con, man. It's all and, a con. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll step back now and I'll let you guys have the floor. I mean, I have the same question. Every time something happens and someone declares, I'm through with this team, I'm done, I've had enough. And my answer, my question is always the same. It took you that long? It took you that long to get sick of this team? You weren't done in like 2010 or 11-ish? Yeah, I usually just say, see you later, they'll be back. You weren't weren't done in 2016? You, You weren't done... You know, maybe around 2018, 2019-ish. Now it took you this long. I know folks that were done in 1994, okay? It, it took you almost 20 years after some people were upset about baseball striking in the mid-90s and having that labor unrest. Almost 20 years after that, now you're done with it? It took you that long? Man, what was your threshold? I'm curious. <laughs> hey, I because a lot same, has happened heard, in the PNC Park era alone. You hear the what same was your threshold about, that like, was that the, high? The NHL, like, oh, when an NHL player safety doesn't doesn't suspend somebody. Oh, I'm done with this game. They don't protect the people. What is you're new? Not, you're not done with it. You'll be back. Like, shove that. Shove that where it doesn't shine. I don't want to hear it anymore. And as far as like as far as Rum Bunner goes, man, like listen, Rum Bunner is Rum Bunner. They they just they do clicky things. That's what they do. I don't know who runs their account anymore. I don't I don't follow it to be honest with you. As far as like the the writing, there's some stories that are okay. They're worth reading. I, I just I don't follow it that much to be blunt with you. I don't. As far as the other guy, man, like dude. You ain't a reporter if you saw something on Snapchat or Instagram. I'm sorry, you're not. Like, you just, I, I, everybody can do that. That's not being a reporter. And, like, because you tweeted it first, you don't get credit. Like, you magically work for an outlet. You ain't at the AP, son. It's Twitter. It's, it's freaking Twitter. If I run into Antonio Brown in the parking lot of Giant Eagle and he twists his ankle and I tweet it out, it don't mean I broke the story. Like, this, means he, this means he broke his ankle. I mean, like, if you want to be a journalist, fine, be a journalist. I don't care, but, like, enough of it, that noise, man. Like, you, you know, it, and it, be it, done it, with the team. Do us a fucking favor. Be done with the team. I don't care. This is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. Right. Right. It, I mean, let's go. And then what I will say about it is, is if it's a surprise to them when they're finally tweeting this, if, like, it just hit them that the Pirates might not be good at times. Well, then what does that say about what they're doing? So, you know, like I've said this all the time. There are good journalists, good writers, good podcasters, good bloggers. Find them. Reward them. There are plenty here in this town. We try to have as many of them on here as we can because, like, we want a community. We don't want to just be the the one. We want lots of people. We have the, the guys from Bridge to Bucktober on here. We have Josh Taylor on here. We have Alex Stump on here. We have lots of people that actually want to talk baseball in an educated level with you instead of like just feeding you a line of crap. 
it, I'll, can I drop this in here on this particular platform? Can I do this right drop now? Drop it yes. like it's hot. It, it might get me in a little bit of hot water, but I'm going to do it anyway. Imagine working at an outlet where it's technically your job to talk about this team more often than not. And the people you work with don't even like talking about baseball on an intellectual level. You know how frustrating that can be from time to time? That's kind of the world I have to live in, where it's like drive me nuts. a lot of other guys I work with are not interested in talking about the actual points of the game because what they won't tell you out loud is that most, most of them are not watching the game. Let's start there. The right. next part about it that kind of drives me nuts is it's always in one category or another. It's always, well, it doesn't matter, so who cares? Or, oh, it's just one day, so who cares? So if that's the case, you're not expecting anything to change. And I call this Mitch Hedberg logic. He had that whole old joke. Hey, do you want an apple? No, eventually it'll be a core. So you're just really wasting time even discussing it in the first place. To the previous discussion we talked about, I'm going to try to find a way to delicately drop this in here. We're talking about people that have suffered for so long and all of a sudden they're just done. It reminds me of the joke of the bear and the hunter. I'm sure you guys have heard this before. We'll skip all the fine points of the story and just get to the end. You're not in this for the hunt anymore, are you? <laughs> you're not in it for the hunt anymore. You're, right. you're just li- you're living the torture at this point. If it takes that much, you're not in it for the hunt anymore. That's all I'm going to sum right. that up as. I mean, I'll sum up what basically happened there, Jim. It's follow the prospects, follow the prospects, follow the prospects. Everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. They're all going to be up here in 2022. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, they're where are they're not here in 2022. I can't imagine who might have told you that wasn't going to happen. It, it's kind of crazy that that's the case. Well, let's get big mad about it. That's how we'll solve it. We'll get big mad about it. And as soon as we get big mad about it, everyone will go, oh, they, they're they talking the real stuff now. I get it. Hey, that was one of the first comments I, I saw in there was like, Man, thanks for telling it straight. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's um, that's a hell of a take too. So, what, what's the meme with the guy in the hot dog costume? We're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> that's what it feels like. We're all looking for the guy who did this. That's what it feels like to me. Oh man, we, we went a little bit long, and and DK is under the weather, so I'm hoping he doesn't notice. So uh, let's uh, let's <laughs> go ahead. Worth and, it. Let's go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Josh, how do people get a hold of you, my friend? Uh, Josh Taylor HD is the simplest way. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, usually probably the most the easiest way. Instagram also. That's where you can find me. But mostly on Twitter. That's where I do most of my um, interaction online as far as a lot of this stuff goes. So we'll say there. And thanks for coming on again, man, too. It was really great. Yeah, I appreciate you guys, man. I, I love always have such a good time talking to you about Paul. So as Jim, do I. Jim, how do people get a hold of you, brother? Yeah, so uh, basically all Twitter. Not all that the they're going to want to now that you you know you're defending. <laughs> hey, hey, I survived. I survived other things on here. Um, I'll I'll handle this one. But uh, yeah, all Twitter all the time. You know, Pittsburgh Penguins, Steelers, Pirates, Pitt Panthers. Um, uh, Josh, man, I love having you on, and uh, yeah, we're gonna ask you to do it again sooner than you probably want to. So. You know where to find me, man. I'm always I'm always available at some point or another. So give me a shout. Sounds whenever good. Whenever you need me. And I'm just gonna close up by saying, hey, make sure you follow the show, subscribe, rate us, do all those stuff that that's your job. This is our job, the talking part. Then you do that. And then also I'm gonna acknowledge that my DMs are loaded with people wanting to be on the show. I will cool. get to you. We will sliding, get to you. sliding in those DMs, eh? 
We will get to it. In the meantime, because there is a queue here, leave us a call your shot. It's a very effective way for you to get on the show quickly. And then, uh, you know, we'll get you on the show. You know? yeah, and, it's, and it saves you the work of having to date and then marry Jim. Right. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Because he's only going to do that twice in this life. That's all there no is more, to it. No more requests for Jim, ladies. He's, right, he's shutting right. it down. Sorry. Shutting it down. Right. And Megan, in advance, you do not have to do it. I know you don't care. <laughs> it's cool. So, uh, hey, that's pretty awesome. And uh, since it's time for Ben's hockey game anyway, we should probably stop recording and let him go ahead and say, Yes, his I got to run. Great. Yes, yes, yes.